0: companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your Keeper. Hello and welcome into the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we have another great episode for you this evening. I have assembled our cast of investigators again on the RMS Aquitania as we continue to play through Chaosium's Masks of Uh We raised the curtain tonight on a bit of a conundrum. When we last left, our investigators were still seeking answers to their missing investigator question their fellow mythos investigator mr fortheis is still missing let's introduce the cast and then we'll get to tonight's game uh, to my right
1: i'm morgan i play lillian lane and hopefully tonight somebody will actually listen to me
0: i don't i don't know about i don't know about that one but uh you can sure as hell try uh and then to uh to to her right
2: This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I might be doing some more sneaking tonight.
0: You know, it did seem to work for you last episode pretty well. Fairly effective. So uh, perhaps that will continue. To uh, his right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund
3: Tartenbach, and I'm just looking forward to seeing where we're going with all of this.
0: You know, it's funny, too. I am as well. We share that in this uh, in this case, James. Uh, and then last one, most certainly not least.
4: Uh, I'm Tiffany, and I am playing Maeve O'Shea, and um, I still have studying to do.
0: Yeah. At some point, though, Ms. O'Shea will have to put it into practice.
4: That'll be fun.
0: I can't wait. Okay. Uh, so when we last left our investigators, they'd had a bit of lunch, and now they have to decide... They want to track this Darius Leonard, the ship's engineer, down for a part of their journey. Or if they'd like to perhaps weasel their way in to uh, the captain's schedule and somehow obtain a bit more information on the uh, ship's crewmen.
1: What would you guys like to do?
2: Is there a place where the uh, crewmen tend to gather to eat and stuff?
0: Yeah, it'd be below decks. So all of their quarters and all of their eating arrangements, much like there's there's probably a cafeteria for them. It's meant specifically for a crew, so it's kept away from passengers, uh, kind of behind the scenes, so to speak. There are people who exist in the rooms beyond uh, the mall, the rooms that nobody sees. Those rooms are usually spooky as a F. Yeah, likely. So I
2: was thinking about maybe uh, dressing more as a uh, lower class passenger and then kind of hanging around that area and see if I can't spot some likely
0: engineers. Oh, that's a very interesting idea. So the question is, is is Jack uh, skillful in the way of disguise?
2: Oh, probably not.
0: <laughs> or would he know someone perhaps who had clothes like that?
2: We see if my uh my good uh buddy uh Mr. Masters has anything I can wear.
0: Yeah, Steve Masterson might have something if you uh want to pop down to his uh deck level, you can see if you can track him down.
2: I'll see if I can do that.
0: Okay. Um Miss Lane, doctor, what are your plans?
1: I think I'm going to go take a drink in the or have a drink in the uh in the library or study. If they have
0: absolutely you have not availed yourself yet of the reading room so to speak the library there so you uh, can absolutely head that way doctor
3: Miss Elaine may I join you with your drink
1: absolutely doctor
3: offer her my elbow and walk that way
0: wonderful Uh, Miss O'Shea your studies continue yes so what are we looking for specifically now
4: I guess I want to find out the specifics of the spell if I can even cast it. And that's also assuming that I can find all the ingredients I need. Uh,
0: You have spent a bit of time now researching this. And with your successful roles in the past, I will give you this uh, summation. So you do have the the framework that you believe is the incantation and its purpose. It does appear to be something you'd have to study for probably longer than you have time to perform. And furthermore, you don't have the componentry necessary. So a bit of what made up this incantation in the first place is the ground-up dust of ancient bones. And it, is, it appears anyway, and from what the um, text seems to reveal here, is that these are lost during the, uh, they're expended during the uh, process. And so you would have to obtain bones that are several hundred years old. And as far as you're aware, there isn't anything like that aboard the ship.
4: No, there isn't. Okay. Does it say anybody else has used this spell besides people from Atlantis?
0: Well, the, the Noctic manuscripts, as they are, uh, are just a for better or for worse, are simply a, a collection of stories. That have been bound together. Reference material that you're using for this is simply an accounting of this spell having been used, this incantation. And it seems that it has some sort of relevance to this great race of Yith, something that you have seen documented in the book, but are not necessarily deeply familiar with. They're this ancient race of beings um and that they used a either an incantation like this or used it in some way to view people from afar you're not really certain it talked about them using this at this uh, a place called the city of the great race that's where you're pulling all this information from it's really a, a story that talks about this race using this almost scrying technique to view people from afar
4: okay then can I find this race, this race of Yith in people of the
0: monolith? If you begin to cross-reference the tomes, which of course is likely what she would do, cross-referencing the tomes themselves begins to pull together a, a fair amount of information. The people of the monolith is, remember, a book of poetry. Oh, right is definitely done in much more of a sing-songy type of situation as far as its description, but you don't see any reference here, at least at first, is in the tome. Uh, There does seem to be a few references in the back of the People of the Monolith uh, about Yid, This great race of Yith, but it doesn't really explain anything more than the stuff you've learned from the Noctic manuscripts.
4: Okay. And then Life as a God. What was. Have I even looked at that book yet?
0: You have not looked at Life as a God yet? No.
4: Yeah. So I guess I will uh, crack that open and see if there's more. Because it sounds like they're referencing this race as almost godlike. I mean, if it you know sounds like they're talking about this great race, so maybe I don't know, or it could be how to live your life as a god, and then there's that. So,
0: so you take out life as a god. Mm-hmm. Um, this white leather over wood, and it's roughly 160 pages or so. At least that's the thickness of it. Text as you open the tome and begin kind of perusing some of the language. It is pretty sloppily written. It's erratic. The ink is brown, sometimes faded. The book itself isn't even bound together very well. The one thing that separates this book from the rest of them, as Sigmund predictably identified, was that this book is bound in human flesh.
4: Oh, right.
0: (laughs) Remember to moisturize your book. Right. I guess my question to you, Ms. O'Shea, is that are you going to, are you planning on doing a, are you going to do an initial read of this book? Is that what you're going to attempt to do? Or are you going to skim it or?
4: Yeah, I'm going to do an initial read because I'm a quick study. So I'll do an initial read through so then I can know, have a better idea of what sections I need to dig into if this has any kind of, you know, cross-reference information in it.
0: Okay, so you'll need to make a language roll. This book is written in English. Oh, okay. It appears to be written in diary format. 73 out of
4: 78.
0: So just getting into this a little bit to skim it through is uh, the first few pages seem to account this uh, a gentleman's life. His name is Montgomery Crompton, a British soldier, and it appears he's a bit of an artist. You can see that there are some sketches uh just hand-done sketches in some of the page corners and some some of the stuff around the bottom of the spine on the inside pages. It looks like he was a member of landed gentry in uh, northern England up until the point where he was dispatched to Egypt in, uh, it appears, 1801 under a General Sir Ralph Ambercrombie. It's really at that point that the tome begins to take kind of a different shape tone, uh, He's wounded several weeks soon after he arrives. And uh, he does a long stint, uh, a few weeks, with a real high fever. And it's during this feverish time he begins having this uh, series of dream sequences. He begins having these visions. Uh, and it's these visions he begins to detail. One of the things that seems to stick out to you is his account of this being, this ancient theological figure. And he pens them as uh, the Black Pharaoh, which he says in his vision he learned was a, a forgotten ruler of Egypt uh, who was said to have magical powers. Possibly was a direct fine chain from Ra himself and as this diary moves forward it's he begins to recount that he's been inducted into this secretive cult where this cult also worships the black pharaoh and they begin to show him how to properly prostrate himself in front of the god and properly show this black pharaoh praise. His detail at that point begins to take another turn for something darker or sinister. Crompton talks about, in his diary, he begins to jot down a direct witness, almost as if it's a testimony in his diary, of some of the most heinous acts. Torture. Murder, strange magical ceremonies, all in praise of this pharaoh. He talks about the spoiling of human life. There's a chant along one passageway. He talks about this chant as something that they use to open the ceremony. And this name echoes around in your head Nivrin Ka. And you read the words Nivrin Ka and it's like your eyes stop at the end of it and go back to the front and it repeats in your head Nivrin there's several pages afterwards which are very much the same sort of disgusting acts that he puts out in great detail years later the diary picks up again and he's returned to Great Britain he settles near Liverpool it seems Then you read about uh, he and some other group of of converts to this cult uh, begin to start up what he practiced in Egypt. But it's at that point uh, that his diary takes another turn. And one of the final entries is that Crompton apparently has been found out. He details how the cult was captured and not only thwarted, but ultimately condemned. And members that were found were killed off, either by legal methods or it says here in the notes uh, in one section that uh, some um, some of the investigative officers took pleasure in ending their lives. He, Crompton, assumes that this is because of the things that they've done, but it it matters not to him at this point. Pretty obvious to you, Miss O'Shea, that Crompton is under an enormous amount of mental stress. He's, again, quite obviously a sadistic lunatic whose delusions seem to have gone from being wounded on the battlefield to being part of a egyptian death cult okay and and so now i'd like you to make a sanity roll
4: oh nobody likes that
0: it's the best part
2: What we wait for every game
4: (laughs) 36 out of 57
0: hot damn why don't you go ahead and lose a single point of sanity After all the things you've read in the past, the Crompton diary, while disgusting, depraved, and sadistic, is not something beyond what you've seen or heard before. It is relatively uh, soothing to your mind that Crompton is long dead, having been killed hundreds of years ago, or at least a hundred years ago. So you pick up two points of Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. Okay. And from your skim, it doesn't appear that Crompton ever really got, he didn't really get any real power. He was more of someone who, it appears anyway, experienced what this cult did. He chanted all sorts of unspeakable words and deeds performed, but he doesn't seem to have accrued any power in spell work. And so the tome doesn't appear to have any sort of invocations in it. But again, you will need to do a deeper study on it. Okay. You estimate, given your knack for study, it probably would take you about five weeks to study it.
4: That one doesn't seem to reference anything we need right now. So I will put that one back.
0: That takes you about an hour. Okay. So we'll flash to the other crew. Mr. Doyle, you are going to track down Steve, eh? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. You head to the lower decks where after probably a good half an hour or so of searching, you do eventually come across Masterson. He is playing uh, cards with uh, kind of an array of different people. And it appears anyway, uh, by the sight of it, that these gentlemen mean business. Well, I would certainly hope so. Appears anyway that uh, there's there's close to $50 on the table here. Nice. He looks up from the table. Oh, Jack, hey, uh, what, what's up?
2: I was going to ask you for a favor, but I see you're uh, hip deep in with, with these men here.
0: <laughs> Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll?
2: Right, that's 82 under 92
0: it doesn't take too long for you to look around the table and realize that Steve is not doing very well. Oh. Yeah, I, uh, he kind of scratches his, scratches his chin for a second and lifts a smoke up to his mouth. Yeah, I got to tell you, it uh, just must, uh, must not be my day, guys. Hey
2: guys, you know how it
0: is. Uh, you get a, a resounding collection of grumbles from around the table. You hear uh, one of the men speak up and say, "Yeah, your buddy's into us for quite a bit. Is that a fact? Steve goes palms up after he puts his cards on the table. Hey, listen. We, we started this out by playing just a few friendly games of cards. I won some, you won some, and now <laughs> you're talking like uh, I owe you a bunch of bucks. The uh, other men across the table, uh, the one who spoke up before is... Uh, button chopped and a bowler hat. The gentleman says I think you owe us about uh, ten bucks at this point so you better pay up if you're planning on walking out of here. You can see uh, Steve seems pretty uncomfortable. Ooh.
2: I see. Listen guys, why don't I do you guys a favor? Why don't I, I go up to first class and I get you a couple of bottles of the really good stuff?
0: they um they seem to give you your um give you some attention then oh uh, yeah mm. yeah that's a good start
2: you know, so you going to give some really nice hooch we all walk away seems like a win-win to me
0: why don't you give me a persuade roll sir
2: Goddamn persuade rose
0: yeah that's right
2: I can't hardly do worse than uh, Miss Lane so
0: You can always try. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say that?
1: Whatever.
2: It wasn't good.
0: It's true. It was not a critical failure, but it (laughs) uh, it is a failure nonetheless. (laughs) So, these gentlemen don't look like they're having it, but uh, Steve stands up and says, listen, fellas, uh, I'm not going anywhere. So, uh, I tell you what, I'll get you your money. Let me handle my friend here, and I'll I'll go to my bunk and I'll get you what you need, okay? And uh, they give him a pretty stiff stare, but he eventually steps away from the table. You and him walk off a bit. What do you What do you need, Jack?
2: I need to talk to somebody who works a night shift in the boiler room. A guy named Leonard.
0: Chip. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm a passenger like you, man, so I...
2: Yeah, no, I understand you don't know anybody, but I was wondering if I could maybe borrow some of your rags that you have, you know, the the shit you wear when you're uh, trying to look, to, when you're being a little greasy.
0: Oh, you want to slum it, huh?
2: I need to be able to blend in a little bit. You know, now that I'm all hoity-toity, I don't uh, carry those kind of clothes with me everywhere.
0: Sure, I'll let you borrow the clothes, no problem. He starts heading back towards his berth. And uh, within a minute or two, he hands you what looked like a set of mechanics clothes. I mean, I was planning on using them when I got to, uh, to France. So, uh, you know, don't uh, don't get them messed up. It's the only set I got.
2: Well, if I do, I'll replace them for you. How's that?
0: All right. Well, I'm going back to the table. I'm going to take All these right. guys around.
2: Sure. But just, you know, don't lose your head or anything. And maybe later on, we can get together again.
0: Yeah, sounds like a plan. He gives you a wry smile and then heads back into where the men are playing cards at.
2: All right, I'll go uh, change.
0: Takes you a few minutes. Uh, are you going back up to your berth? Are you finding a place down here to change?
2: Yeah, I go back up. Yeah, uh, she's berth because I want to get. Uh, I don't want to leave my clothes just hanging around out here.
0: Decisions, decisions.
2: So you know, what, I'll change. i find. I'll change down here, and then just stuff my clothes somewhere out of the way. Hopefully, nobody will bother them.
0: You could always try to stuff them in Steve's locker. It's true. Okay, you get changed. Do you look? Uh, you look like a mechanic at a set of overalls and you know the whole bit.
2: So I go try to blend in with the uh, crew. Look for Leonard.
0: So you're going to head on down to the crew area. That's not too terribly far from where you're at right now. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, fitting in is not too difficult. Uh, while your, you know, your mechanics clothes are not necessarily exactly what they wear here. It's not like they're walking around with monogrammed uniforms. So right. <laughs> you, uh, you are able to slip into that world a little easier. Um where would you begin your search for Leonard?
2: Look for the look at the mess first.
0: Okay. Yeah, you look around the mess. You figure if somebody's working the graveyard, then given that it's a little after one at this point, it's likely that they're probably still in their quarters sleeping. Because they, they probably don't get up until five. Mm-hmm. That's true. But uh you're smart enough to know that if the graveyard shift anyway is probably the least staffed um, and that means that the people who are sleeping in crew quarters there's probably a small number of them they probably
2: have uh bunks in you know large bunk areas right
0: so your that's your belief i mean they probably look a whole lot like the um i mean the the lower class passenger bunks is probably what they look like
2: so i guess i'll I'll kind of walk through the uh bunk areas and Somebody who, mechanic, maybe they maybe they have names on some of the berths or something. I don't know. We'll find out.
0: It looks like they're just numbered, so it doesn't appear as if there's berths, but uh, you do see uh, a mechanic walking down the hall towards you. He seems to be coming out of one of the uh, crew rooms.
2: Hey, uh, buddy, you know where I can find Leonard?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He... Uh... He walks over just a bit to you, and you see him put his fingers to his lips. Yeah, those guys are in four are still sleeping. Okay, cool. Don't uh, don't tell him I told you. Uh, well, you know, I keep it up with the pranks these days.
2: Right. I mean, it's just what else are we gonna do here? Is uh, drink, sleep, and uh, what else?
0: Well, you know, the third thing we want to do, but we ain't have the chance for. It.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, to wait till we get in the port.
0: Be careful. Some of those ladies in Southampton are a little dangerous. He moves it along.
2: Alright, I'll go to four.
0: Uh, you go to four. Uh, it is obviously not locked. Um, the There's no porthole by any means, so there's, there's no way for you to see inside. Um, mm-hmm. But if you would like, the door appears to be unlocked. Slip in. Okay. Why don't you give me a stealth roll?
2: Well, that's not a good stealth roll.
0: You could push that roll if you'd like. You would just need to tell me how you were how you were pushing. So you you begin to open the door and you hear the um you hear the bit of the groan from the door and the wall itself. You realize it's going to be a little louder than you thought.
2: Well, maybe I'll see if I can just crack it open enough to uh, squeeze in.
0: That's fair. Go ahead and and uh, roll that.
2: Forty-one
0: hundred sixty-five. Okay, so because it's a push, uh, you will need to spend luck to make that a hard success for it to be an actual success. And so that would be so it's thirty-two. So it's like eight points of luck.
2: Uh, seems like a lot of luck just to sweep into a room that I don't care if they.
0: I'm just telling you.
2: Yeah, no, I think I won't. I think I'll just back off.
0: Yeah, the uh the door makes a pretty definitive creak and I mean from the small visual gap that you have that you've already opened, you can see that a couple of the uh beds are moving a bit.
2: Yeah. I don't want to wake him up. That's just mean.
0: Well, why don't you give me a, a luck roll? That's
2: 2469.
0: So as you're watching uh, them as you're getting ready to close the door, and it looks like the men who were moving around were just adjusting their position in bed, and they've fallen back asleep.
2: Right. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go closest to this uh, bunk area and just keep an eye on them at the door so when they start filing in for after they wake up.
0: Okay. So you're going to wait there. You're going to basically kind of hang out? Mm-hmm. You hang out for a little while, um, probably an hour or so. And you are able to position yourself either where it's walking from one of the bathrooms to it looks like they have a small break room here. Uh, You're basically milling around without being in the same place too much. And then you start seeing at about 2.30 or so, you see them out of that room, room number four. All right. They walk into the uh, mess area.
2: There are a couple of obvious uh, mechanics.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: i approached approach one of them. Okay. Would you uh, do me a favor and point me to Leonard?
0: He turns to you. Uh, Leonard's still asleep, but uh, I can get him if you want. He's going to be up any minute.
2: Yeah, if, if you could, that would be a great.
0: Yeah, hang on a second, Mac. He walks back into the bunk room. Probably two minutes or so later, you see uh, a balding man, uh, gray on the side, uh, gray gray hair on the sides of his uh, head. He's got a what looks like a button up shirt where he's rolling his sleeves up as he heads out towards you. Help you?
2: Yeah, you were working in the boilers uh, at night, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Me and well, me. <laughs>
2: Well, I was uh back there earlier today, and I noticed that there's a bunch of looks like engine oil yeah it looked like it'd been shooting out of one of the boilers, and I'm trying to figure out what was going on. thought maybe you might know something
0: oh yeah, that whole business, yeah, I can tell you about it um so must have been a couple of nights ago or so. We got started getting a knock out of that boiler. We didn't know what the issue was. Uh, We were checking fittings. We were checking seals. We were doing everything. I had to call down Dotson from the previous shift to help me figure out what the hell was wrong with it. So we finally get the thing opened up so that way we can see what the hell is going on. And there's this mass in there. And I don't know if, I don't know how it got in there. I've got, I got no idea, but I don't know if it was a, Maybe something came down from one of the stacks they hadn't cleaned at the last pass, but it was, I don't know. It was like a, 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 like a bundle of sticks and bones. I mean, it was garbage is what it was. It looked like somebody heaved a garbage bag in there. or we trying to burn something off. I yanked it out. And when I yanked it out, one of the bleed valves you know, started crying all over the place, and I had to go and try to clean it up, and then we resealed it. And I told Dotson I'd get to it in the morning, and we you know, we just we got word that this going to have a refit coming soon, and so it's just it's one thing after another.
2: Yeah, no, no, I totally understand. I was just trying to figure out what's going on. So it was just some weird uh, pile of garbage, huh?
0: Yeah, it's like somebody had chucked a bag of just shit in there. I mean, it was. It was like somebody had taken out the trash, and they decided to use one of the boilers for to to burn it all off.
2: Weird stuff. Hey, you don't say. What what, would you ever end up doing with that?
0: Oh, it's down below somewhere. It's waiting to get hauled off the ship later.
2: Well, thanks a lot. That clears up a whole bunch for me.
0: Hey, sure. What did you? What did you say your name was? Uh, Jack. Oh well. Good luck down there, Jack. Thanks a ton. Then I will leave. Okay. So I will uh, shift this back to the library now, and we can talk with the doctor and Miss Lane. Awesome. Miss Lane, regale me with uh, the wonders of the library.
1: Big, and it's got a lot of books. Uh,
0: so I guess the question I have is, uh, what, uh, what is she reading up on? What is she, what piques her interest here?
1: I go to find a, um, a book on art.
0: Okay. Yeah, several of them here.
1: Kind of what the Lane family's into besides horses.
0: Mm, Indeed. So, yeah, absolutely. You would be well-versed. You are well-versed in art. There's uh, a few collected, hand-drawn examples of some of the artwork of Paris and even pieces that are supposedly in the British Museum at this point. And then you kind of remember, oh, right, yeah, we're going to London. I should find a way to get to the British Museum.
1: As well as I should, um I also have a glass of bourbon or whiskey, still shaking off the the night's adventures from uh Mr. Wild.
0: Yes, your compatriot, the doctor is uh, probably assisting you in such a such a uh endeavor
3: absolutely
0: The whiskey you are getting here is from Ireland, and so it is very high quality in comparison to what you're used to drinking in the states.
1: I take a sip and I kind of cough a little, not used to how strong it is.
0: It's definitely stronger than you're used to, but you you find a way to enjoy it nonetheless. You, The steward who is there asks if you would like to um, perhaps cool it with some ice so that way uh, it can help diffuse some of the more potent liquors.
1: They already diffuse it with water a lot back in the States. I, I think I'll stick with it without ice.
0: Okay, the, they're happy to just nod and accept your opinion. That's what they're here to do, quite literally. So you read up on some art. Um, Sigmund, what are you educating yourself with?
3: Let me see if this place has any um, indication or any medical journals that have been left here.
0: The closest that you get to an actual medical journal uh, is... Something that talks quite a bit about um, a fellow countryman of yours. And that would be Freud.
3: Oh, I definitely read that. Interesting.
0: Yeah, the two of you share a first name, um, but again, something that's not uncommon. But this isn't something he has written. It's more of an opinion piece based on some of his psychoanalysis and development work. Uh, It looks like. This is a kind of a commentary on work he did in Paris during uh, a fellowship uh, with a psychoanalyst uh, in France, Jean-Martin Carchot, Charcot. Sorry. I probably butchered that for our French listeners. My apologies. It appears anyway is it, it was, a, it's a paper that talks, has a commentary on uh, hypnosis as a method of therapy. And, it's very critical of his theories. It's even critical of him as a person. It it it's a it takes you think anyway. It, it takes a bit too much liberty with the um, editorial parts of it.
3: Maybe goes a bit too far.
0: Well, it, you are used to reading uh, doctoral commentary and uh, opinion pieces, right? Um, that's something that medical. Uh, Those in in your field have to do that. The the debate is really what may has made up, help make modern medicine what it is. And you feel like this, uh, it's a newspaper. It's not a book. Um, This paper has been a little too cutting in its editorial. They don't, they, they cite the fact that Freud's early clinical work was pretty inconsistent, but it's not, they don't stop there. They go after him as a person
3: probably get a little agitated while reading it (laughs) less factual than it should be which of course you know kind of irks sigmund to uh just a skosh the Mm. letters probably don't help
0: just it reminds him especially of uh how what strange business newspapers are in it's absolutely ridiculous grumbling in german this is not lost on you miss lane whiskey or not Mm. So y'all have fun in the library for a little while, Jack. When you return to uh, Mister Masterson's quarters or his, for uh, back better turn his his bed and foot locker area, you retrieve your retrieve your clothes, and then make your way back up to your stateroom. Uh, although you do get a few okay. funny looks from the people who are in there. Well, yeah, whatever. You return upstairs and head to your stateroom, or are you heading anywhere specific?
2: I will head to wherever I think somebody might be. So probably the only one I'm sure is where she's supposed, where she usually is, is miss O'Shea.
0: Yes. The bookworm. She's probably busy reading something or lighting the ship on fire. One of the two or both <laughs> equal opportunity. I mean, there's no reason you can't do two. <sighs> she's a multitasker. Right. All right. Um, you locate her quarters and um, give a quiet knock.
4: I will uh, look up for my book and go answer the door.
2: We keep bothering you when you're reading.
4: I'm always reading. What'd you find out?
2: So, in a pair, um, Miss our friend Leonard says that uh, they found a... Clump of, look like sticks and old bones floating in the boiler. We need those old bones. As it's downstairs where they keep the garbage, I guess. Are we going to get down there? I don't know. I have no idea how I'm going to get down there.
4: I mean, if you want me to cast a spell to see if we can maybe reverse it or find where um, Forsyth is, bones might be useful if they're old enough. That is definitely one thing we will not find, as far as what we need,
2: not here anyhow. Right. I don't think any of even these old people here are ancient <laughs> have ancient enough bones.
4: No, <laughs> no, not quite.
2: We'll get together with everyone else. We'll talk this over. We got a couple more days on this uh, before we get to where we're going. The
0: folks in the library. After you finish your drinks and finish your reading, you. Meet back up with the other investigators, and there is a, a notice that goes out over the ship that says uh, you're within a day of landing in Southampton.
3: We are running out of time. Yes
0: well this is supposed to
2: be a, a quiet and relaxing trip.
1: It lied
0: i mean it was it was supposed to be, yes, so plans for the evening then. Mm-hmm.
4: Having dinner and then continuing with my work.
0: Okay. So you're fairly certain after reading the books that even if you had the bones, you'd still need time to learn the actual incantation itself, unless you wanted to just try to live fire that.
4: Yeah, no, that's never good. Seems like a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You all have dinner. It is a nice, simple, uh, but yet elegant, because it's first-class dinner. Um, Miss Lane, the captain does come by the table.
1: Oh, snap. Uh,
0: And he leans in just a bit, not in a disrespectfully close, but says, uh, Miss Lane, if you are interested in a tour of the vessel above... The main deck i am happy to give that to you
1: absolutely captain that would be wonderful i give him my biggest brightest smile
0: it of course will not include the cargo hold
1: as disappointing as it is i i totally understand
0: i'm not sure what um you or your associates were interested in the cargo hold so much for i understand that uh rumor was that you were concerned over some of your belongings.
1: Yes, there's um, quite a few things I'm bringing um, from America to be evaluated by art collectors in Europe.
0: Mm, I see. Well, I you, you must understand the ship's policies from Cunard, or that passengers do not go into the hold. Uh, it is it's dangerous.
1: And I completely agree with that. And you would never be held responsible for one of, you know, an accident that one of my comrades might have or me, of course, but I'm, I'm
3: her comrades. Eyebrows go up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, if there's ever a chance that you, you know, could maybe get a, get a peek into that cargo hold, just to check on my things. I would really appreciate it.
0: Well, why don't you give me a persuade roll, Morgan?
1: Oh my god, I'm gonna fail it. Again.
0: Don't. <laughs> don't.
1: Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's real simple. Just don't. Just don't. I'm helping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, twice. Okay, I failed so, twice. What
0: did I just say? Here's, here's <laughs> what we'll do. Here's what we'll <laughs> do. Your first roll. Thanks to roll 20. Your first roll is uh, 65 over 60. So you could spend five points of luck and make that a success.
1: Sure. Sounds great.
0: You spend five luck. You make that a success. The uh, captain says, I have three minutes after dinner. I will escort you there and you may check on your things.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Captain.
0: Of course, Miss Lane. But let me be clear we need to be careful when we're in the hold.
1: Of course.
0: Dinner wraps up shortly thereafter, probably 15 or so minutes. You guys finish your uh, dessert. It's uh, something called tiramisu.
1: Oh, I love it.
2: I will spend a little bit of time to fill the other two in on what happened. Okay, go ahead. So apparently, um, Night Crew dug out a pile of sticks and bones From the boiler. Ew. Do you suppose that that is the
3: bundle that was used to cast the spell the
2: first time? Yeah. So I'm guessing that wherever they destroyed that, uh, about the same time that, uh, Foresight disappeared.
1: Uh, we don't think that's him, do we? Unlikely.
2: No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either.
1: Okay. It's good.
2: I mean, I'm surprised that nobody brought that up. (laughs) (laughs)
3: but it sounds like they were disposing of their bundle that was used to cast the spell before perhaps
4: that's what it seems like either that or that's what they trying to think unless they thought that it would burn yeah I would think that it would be maybe to dispose not a hundred percent sure on why they would do that necessarily
2: well, it's possible that they tried to burn it and it made its way unintentionally into the boiler.
4: Or they have to keep that here to keep him here.
3: That's possible, too. But it seems like, well, one way or another, we should get that bundle for ourselves. Yes. Well, it
2: is apparently in the uh, deepest part of the hold where they keep the trash because they're going to dump it when they make port.
0: And luckily for y'all, Lillian seems to have secured a way there.
1: Oh, yes.
3: Lillian, perhaps you should have one of us escort you into the hall, you know, for your own protection.
1: He never said I couldn't bring guests with me. He just said I had to be careful myself.
4: Well, even if he doesn't like it, be prepared to hide something in your dress.
1: (laughs) 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 I look down at my dress. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay, so the uh, captain returns to the table as you guys are wrapping up dinner and he is, uh, has another officer with him or another uh, member of the ship's crew with him and it says, right this way, Miss Lane.
1: Do you mind if my comrades come as well? I, they're, they are off also, my guests.
0: Uh, I, I don't believe we'll need them, but I see no issue with it.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I motion to them,
0: follow along. you take a very similar path to the one you took previously. Uh, you see a lot of um you see a lot of uh stiff backs all of a sudden as the uh captain escorts you down to the hold. Lots of crewmen who are standing up straight, lots of people caught off guard um. The crewman that's with the captain clears the way and he uses a key and unlocks the hold. And uh, the captain turns to you and says, Miss Lane, the crewman here will show you to where your trunks are stored.
1: Great. Um, Do you mind if one of my comrades comes with? They help me procure these items.
0: The uh, captain (laughs) uh, pats Jack on the shoulder with with a bit of gust and says, looks like he's got a strong back. I'm sure he can handle any of your... uh, Trunks as necessary. Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Fantastic. Come along, pool boy.
0: The two of you follow the crewman inside a uh, rather dark uh, hold, and there is quite a bit of movement down here, and obviously that the ship moving back and forth a bit. The trunks here are secured in several different fashions, uh, but you work a serpentine path to get to the first class hold it looks like it's positioned to be the first stuff off the boat and arrives in Southampton which again to you Jack makes a ton of sense right and the crewman gets to uh, her articles or her area uh, I believe they're back in here sir okay okay
2: that's well, gonna have to figure out a way to get away so we can go to uh
1: sure I turn to the crewman how long have you been aboard this ship
0: Oh, uh, he straightens up a bit and fixes his hat. i oh, just, uh, or four voyages, uh, ma'am. But, uh, but yes, uh, not too long.
1: And where do you hail from normally?
0: Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm from, I'm from Connecticut.
1: Connecticut? Beautiful state.
2: 33 under 65
0: for snow. Oh, have you been there?
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Go, do it. I see that. I- <laughs>
0: So, uh, you slip away. Uh, this crewman is all eyes on this Lane. I mean, uh, it's 85. He's very focused on whatever it is that she's saying. Right. Uh, you slip away, Jack. And, uh, I guess the question is, is what is your method of, um, investigation going to be? How are you going to find this, uh, area?
4: Follow your nose. It always knows.
2: You know what? That's, that's not a terrible idea.
4: <laughs> it's garbage. I
2: mean, it's, it's storing all the, a bunch of stuff they're going to throw out, right? Yeah. place. So that means it's probably going to have an odor somewhere.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden uh, with a the focused on smells. Right, 5,592. Okay, it doesn't take you terribly long. Uh, You do have to go in somewhat of a different direction than you were going, Uh, but you do end up into an area that looks like it has some sort of uh, elevator or some sort of dumbwaiter system to a larger floor, and then you definitely begin to see uh, bagged trash. And boy, does it stink. Yeah,
2: though no, they probably didn't bag this. They were just taken down here and tossed it in here.
0: Yeah, and true to form, there collected alongside the trash is this what look like looks like collection of petrified wood. And it looks like there's things that look like uh, pork bones. I mean, you've done some time in the Chicago stockyard. So you're fairly certain that you know that those are either pig bones or human bones, one of the two but there's some sort of strange collection. It's almost uh, as if the uh, bones and the wood have been intertwined with one another. Uh, They stick out at strange angles. I will grab it. You grab it. It's uh, roughly about a foot or so wide and maybe a foot and a half or so tall. It almost looks as if it could sit up on a desk or a pedestal is a strange and rather sickly uh, statue.
4: You're going to hide that? I don't know. Oh, in your pants. might
2: not even try. Like the watch from Pulp (laughs) Fiction. I knew it. I
0: knew someone was going to (laughs) mess (laughs) it (laughs) up. Yeah, shove it up your ass. There you go, that'll work.
2: (laughs) Hide my prison wallet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Miss Lane, you, um get the distinct feeling that uh, your crewman here is wondering what's going on.
1: I, I look at him I'm like, Mr. Doyle should be back in a second. Some of those art pieces are a little heavier than other ones. He's just making sure they're all okay.
0: Of course, ma'am. Of course. Um, are you Are you enjoying your voyage?
1: It has been quite adventurous. Not like any other voyage I've been on or exciting. Wonderful. I should say exciting.
2: Okay, well, I'll I'll return as fast as I can.
1: Hurry
0: up. You hear from the whole door Ted, are you about done in there? You hear someone call. Uh, The uh, crewman that's in front of you looks and says, "Uh, ma'am, that's the captain. We need to get going.
1: Absolutely. I kind of yell behind me. Uh, Mr. Doyle, are you about done back there? You can't be looking at all the art.
0: You return, Mr. Doyle. return. Um, You return. You bring this thing into the light, and it's horrifying. The wood and the bones together seem to make an image that you didn't have the... um, You really didn't have the illumination to see before, but now in this larger lit area, uh, it seems that the petrified bones are part of a backbone, almost a, a spine that's been curved at a horrifying angle. Petrified wood that goes in between them is uh, is rather sickly colored as well.
2: You know what? I'll put my jacket over it.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to have you two roll sanity, and I'm going to do the same for the, the crewman that's here.
1: No. That's not good. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, the two of you succeed without issue on your sanity roll, so you don't take any sanity loss. The crewman, on the other hand, is not so lucky. <laughs> so, we're just going to burn down the crew now?
1: He curls up in the fetal position.
0: Uh, he shrieks and backpedals like in an utter horror. You see in the, this pale light, uh, his, his skin go chalk white and he leaps backward and into a rack of trunks before falling over a couple and running at high speed, desperate to get out of the hold.
1: Look what you did,
4: Jack.
3: That's probably not good.
4: <laughs> Conspicuous guys.
3: Watch him pass. Look at the captain. That's some efficient. efficient.
1: I hide that. Hide it.
2: I'm hiding it. I'm hiding it.
0: You cover it with your coat. You can, you feel a little bit better holding onto this thing with your coat rather than your bare hands. Yeah.
1: All right. Act natural.
0: The uh, captain sticks his head in the hole a little bit. Miss Lane, you all right? Yeah, it's just a little spooky in here.
1: Just fine, Captain. Thought he saw a rat. (laughs) Spooky.
0: There better not be a rat in there.
1: No, it wasn't. There wasn't. He just thought he saw one. We're coming out right now.
0: You get to the doorway. Sigmund, you see that Jack has taken off his jacket and has a bundle of something. The captain looks at you a little strange, Jack. You uh catch a rat?
2: <laughs> no, no. What are the art pieces somebody wants to look at?
0: Hmm. All
2: right. I just don't want it damaged.
0: Oh, uh, what's it look like?
1: Oh, oh, oh.
3: It's actually pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how art it is. It's in the eye of the holder.
4: From some of these lands, I mean, you see some pretty...
2: It's some primitive art, and they give a little bit of uh, disturbing. I would be glad if we can get rid of it.
0: And uh, do me the honor, Miss Lane, of keeping it covered while you take it back up.
1: Of course, Captain. Thank you for showing us the, the cargo hold. We really appreciate your time and allowing us to do that. And I, nobody got hurt. I, th- I told you that would happen. Nobody got hurt.
3: Look to the direction that the ship's hand ran off in, physically at least.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't promise not mentally.
0: That's true. Yeah, the uh, Sigmund. You can't see the crewman anymore; he's long gone. the uh, The captain shuts the hold and relocks it. I'll uh, I'll see you all before disembarking tomorrow. Don't go shame, Captain.
1: Yes, Captain. Thank you.
0: You guys gonna take that thing back upstairs?
1: uh no we're gonna just toss it in the ocean
4: oh I'm so interested now
0: what did you find Jack
1: it's gross
2: it's pretty bad
1: it's my technical I mean, it's not
2: a mummified tongue or anything
1: oh well then it can't be that bad it's not Mr. Forsythe at least we don't think
3: that's just an upside
0: you guys head back uh, are you collecting in uh, Miss O'Shea's room or in your room Lillian
1: Oh, we can go to Miss O'Shea's room. I don't want that thing anywhere near my room.
0: (laughs) Nice.
4: I mean, I did carry a mummified tongue in my bag for
0: quite a while. That is very true.
4: It's okay. You can trust me.
0: You all arrive. Maeve, Jack comes in with his jacket off, and he seems to be clutching something rather strange.
3: Ooh,
2: what do you have? I have a horrifying piece of art or something like it. Nice. I got your bundle of sticks and bones. Let me see.
0: Pouring myself a drink. Likely a good idea. Uh, you reveal the uh, the piece. Uh, as I described before, it is a mass, a uh, a collection of bones and petrified wood that seems to have been both congealed together and then both artistically crafted over each other. Uh, Like are they melted together? Uh, yeah. Melted's not a bad word for it, Uh, but it almost feels like parts of both were made liquid so that way they could meld together. Mm. Okay. It kind of congealed a bit. I think that's a good word for it. It pricks your mind as something that's almost tribal in nature. Right. You're not sure. You have to do some research into it. It is horrifying in the light uh, and does require a sand roll upon seeing.
4: Okay. Sweet.
0: Let's burn the boat down.
4: 62 out of 56.
0: Slowly move the flammable
3: things away from Maeve.
0: <laughs> All right. Move three points of sanity. <laughs> Doctor, you effectively move the burning things away. Um yeah, this is truly something that is horrifying and what is horrifying about it to you Miss O'Shea is that the collection of bones are sized right for Mr. Forsythe. That is what is horrifying for you. And that the finger bones here that are present the the two femurs which make up the base of the cross of uh, or the X pattern of this specific sculpture. Uh, could definitely have fit the size of someone like Mister Forsyth.
4: You said that you didn't think it was Mister Forsyth. Why did you not think it's him?
3: Can I examine the bones medically, see if they're old
0: enough, or see if they're um, could be his? You can absolutely examine them medically. I mean, you've you've seen it, um, so you, doctor. You already rolled sand, so you're good. Um, So you don't lose anything by seeing it. So yeah, if you want to make a medicine roll, an attempt to... 62 under 82. Okay. So you begin to... You begin to not pick it apart, but you begin to go through and look at the size of the bones and the relative appearance of the age. And one thing immediately comes to mind these bones are far older than Mr. Forsyth even if he had died two nights ago right? These bones are aged and there is no way that you know of to age bones that rapidly to get this sort of effect. So while the size might be right you disagree with the assessment that they're from Mr. Forsyth
3: do not worry. I do not think these are. <clears throat> these are. belong to Lawrence. I think they are far older.
4: Like hundreds of years old?
3: It could be.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay, so I'm gonna look at the wood. Is it. Does it look like cedar?
0: It does. It does okay. look like. It looks like petrified cedar, but it does look like cedar.
4: And that would be cedar, so. Yeah, these were components for the spell. So, but it would seem that somebody wouldn't want to give up something like this. So do you think they were hiding it there to get later? And we're going to find out that somebody's really upset when we go to leave with it?
3: It seems like that would make it very good bait, don't you think?
4: That is also true. Well, I'm sure word's going to get around that you were carrying around something gross so maybe it will attract some attention
0: we all know that you love that attention especially the gross kind
4: my favorite kind
0: that's right all right i'm gonna draw the curtain close on this session this evening you have recovered something quite frankly sickening and horrifying but uh you've recovered something from the hold now the question is what or who is it
4: We'll just set it next to the human skin book.
0: Right. See, it's a matched pair in that regard. So uh, all of our listeners can take that nice, juicy thought with them uh, as you await our next episode, where it appears anyway that the investigators will finally arrive in Southampton. So thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week and stay safe and stay healthy.